Alright, so uh, we're gonna do this Harry Potter shit. Here's the deal. I have never read Harry Potter before in my life. I've never seen any of the movies. I know about it only as sort of secondhand cultural uh, bullshit. So I'm gonna read the, the whole book. Uh, in fact, I'm gonna read all the books, all, I don't know, 12 of them. And we're gonna see how this shit works. So I just read the first chapter. The chapter is called The Boy Who Lived. So we haven't even gotten to the narration, and we've already sort of set up this, I don't know what's going on. He He's the one that lived, so that sounds like maybe his mom miscarried a bunch. That's weird. Was there another series of boys that all died? So, and then our book opens with, like, literally the most British first sentence you can imagine. Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of number four privet drive we're proud to say that they were perfectly normal thank you very much so we got like a weird narrator already that's just like interjecting bits of british wit and charm into the narrative i'm probably going to be annoyed as shit by that by the end of this book uh, and then it says they were the last people you'd expect to be involved in anything strange or mysterious because they just didn't hold with such nonsense. Right, and we know that Harry Potter is some sort of wizard kid, and so these people are like, you know, shit heels or whatever. And they're, I, I don't know, they're bad people. That's what it seems to be. And then the book proceeds to talk about these people's necks. There's like a whole paragraph devoted to their necks. It's like, Mr. Dursley doesn't have a fucking neck. That's funny. And then, uh, Mrs. Dursley, she has a big old neck. Just a fucking giant neck. Another weird thing that happens is that Mr. Dursley is, is first identified by his occupation, and Mrs. Dursley is first identified by her physical features. So... That's like, you know, the narrator is is, is clearly not uh, terribly woke. Or this is just a, you know, a fantasy world that's not any less patriarchal than the one we're currently living in. And then we get, and then we get introduced to their little shitheel son, and his name is, and I'm not making this up, this kid's name is Dudley Dursley. So, like, that's an acceptable name in this universe, is your name is Dudley Dursley. So, like, I already know, this is, like, the point at which I already know that I'm probably going to hate this book. And then we get, like, a bunch of awkward exposition about how there's these owls flying around everywhere, and there's these dudes in robes, and they're on some kind of, like, Alistair Crowley sex cult shit or something. I don't know what's going on. They're just, like, straight-up Book of the Law dudes. They're, like, uh... They're like, um, they're gonna, you know, all chant in their fucking robes and read ancient, like, Egyptian texts or something. And that's cool as hell. So, so we get Dudley Dursley, and then I'm brought right back in because we got some weird cult shit. And then the, the, the narrator blends, I'm already, like, 
fascinated by the narrative voice because it blends into uh, Mr. Dursley's interior life for a little bit because it like follows him on his day and it sort of like goes into his weird interior life and so I'm wondering if this is like just like a weird like are we going to get like a close third person of all these people or are we going to get what would be really cool is uh, if the whole book was actually from the perspective of this random dude, this Mr. Dursley dude, and he's just, like, talking about events as they affect him, and it's all, like, kind of going on in the background. It's, like, this weird, like, Joycean thing. That would be awesome. I don't think that that's what's going to happen. So then uh, old, old uh, Dursley Noneck, he bumps into this dude with a purple coat, and I don't know what, like, that, if you're going to choose a color for a cult, like, for your cult robe, I don't think you should go with purple. I think you should go with black or brown. I think those are the cult colors that you're gonna want to uh, stick with. Purple just seems a little, I don't know, seems a little kid's book-y, you know? And then the the purple coat dude gets on some weird, I think it's like some racist shit. He's like, even muggles like yourself should be all about this, this owly shit, all these fucking owls flying around, you fucking muggle. You piece of shit muggle. And that was that's really weird to me because, I, I mean, I don't know what a muggle is, first of all. But you could clearly tell that, that No Neck was a muggle just by looking at him. Maybe, maybe muggle is just someone that doesn't have a neck. Maybe that's just a name for a person that doesn't have a neck. But I don't know. But it seems, it seems vaguely racist. Or at least it's mapping onto racism in a way that I find, um, I don't know, problematic? We'll, we'll see. I don't know. And so, I, I, it seems like, it, like oh, it's a happy day, and I think that it's probably a happy day because, I don't know, fucking Harry Potter did some shit or something? I don't know. Oh, and then, like, Dursley, like, in, like, the most weirdly cartoonishly evil thing you can imagine someone doing is, like, I don't like imagination. I don't approve of the concept of imagination. Which is, like, there is no one on the planet that is like that, so this guy is, is clearly a sort of cartoony character he's like who was it was it um em forster that had the the flat and round characters i don't remember who it was but the idea is that uh dh lawrence maybe someone who i feel like it's someone that has two initials and then a last name and is a writer from like the you know early 20th century the concept is that you know your main characters should be round which is to say complex and have you know relatable wants and drives and, and human emotions whereas your uh your more background characters uh you can make them a little bit more what he calls flat which is to say like you know sort of one note you know sort of one-dimensional characters i'm, I'm blanking uh on thinking of of some examples but you know come come up with your own example and so this dude, this Dursley, it's it's already really jarring because he's literally the first character introduced, him and his wife are the first characters introduced, and then we're we're following him in a in a close third person narration, and and yet he uh, is such a flat character, right? He like I hate imagination, and so it's like what what is going on with this guy? Why are we using him to anchor this story? I don't know because I haven't read this fucking story, but. It's interesting, I guess. I don't know. And then I would say that, like, you know, if I had to predict, I would say that at some point Harry 
Potter is gonna live with this dude or like have to deal with this dude in some way and they will butt heads because this dude's gonna be like imagination is bad and Harry's gonna take the incredibly brave uh, position that that imagination is in fact good and so then the Dudleys have dinner and then they for some reason they're when they're having dinner they make fun of the name Harry even though they name their kid Dudley Dursley so like that's really weird because Harry is I mean Harry's kind of a dumb name so they're right about that but I want to know like what sort of um, epistemological foundations they have to critique Harry in a way that doesn't also include a critique of a name like Dudley. Especially if your last name is Dursley. But it gets even worse, because then we get introduced to this incredibly weird wizard uh, dude named named Albus Dumbledore? That's his actual name? Like, like, that's crazy. If your last name is Dumbledore, you shouldn't you shouldn't name your kid something weird. You should just be like, alright, look, Dumbledore's already weird enough. We're gonna go with John or like Matt or something like that, you know? Like, hey, I'm Mike Dumbledore, and then it's like, eh, Dumbledore, it's a little weird. But Albus Dumbledore is just like, we're going full on insane. You have the world's dumbest name. Also, it doesn't sound like the name of a wizard. It sounds like the name of a guy who like works at a haberdashery and like is constantly spilling soup on himself. That's what I picture when I picture Albus Dumbledore. Oh, and then the other cool thing about Dumbledore is uh, his beard is... The, the the narrator says that it's long enough to tuck into his belt, but the narrator doesn't, doesn't clarify whether he is in fact tucking his beard into his belt, which I think is a cool idea. And so, like, according to, like, you know... Bartian reception theory where the where the readers is the one constructing the story I'm I'm going to imagine that he that his beard is always tucked into his belt Also, he's wearing a big robe with a belt. I don't understand the purpose of having a belt With a robe because you're gonna I mean unless it's to tuck your beard in maybe that's what it is but then I like the idea of just he, he has his big old beard tucked into his belt but every time he, like, looks to the side, he just, like, winces in pain because he forgets that he has chosen to tuck his beard into his belt. And so then there's this, like, cat, this, like, weird stalker cat that, uh, that old Snufflepawn is, uh, is looking at. And they're, they're just, like, hanging outside, being all creepy outside of the Dursley's place. And then it, it's really weird because, like, there's this weird game where the narrator is the one that's confused about the the interaction between uh, Dumbledore and the cat. And the narrator's like, why is Dumbledore being so weird about the cat? And it's like, well, dude, you're the fucking narrator. Like, are we setting up a thing where, like, I can't even trust you? Is this, like, an unreliable narrator situation? But it's not even unreliable narrator. It's just, like, a narrator who doesn't know enough about the story that the narrator is telling. That would be a really cool technique, I think. Uh, I don't think that that's where it's going, though. I think that they're just trying to, like drum up some surprise and the surprise is the cat turns into professor mcgonagall which i mean that's a dumb name for a cat for sure but i guess it's actually a professor it's it's very confused and it's like you can't tell or at least i couldn't tell whether that meant that the cat like physically transformed into like poof transformed into the professor or like just kind of like there was a certain sort of like you know, ontological transformation that took place. Like, 
like it's it remained physically a cat but it sort of embodied professor what whatever mcgonagall and then uh she decides to be weirdly racist the, the cat is like weirdly racist about muggles and is like can you believe these fucking muggles and then she she name drops some dude named Daedalus Diggle, and I'm pretty sure that that was um, the name of Mark Wahlberg's character from Boogie Nights. And then Mumblecore gets really uh, gets really emo about like we haven't had a lot of shit to celebrate um, until now, and so it's like it's like a really weird sort of like I don't know like anti nostalgia or something. And then they talk about some evil fuck named Voldemort, and, you know, the Catwoman is like, like, yo, this Voldemort dude, what a dick. And Mumblecore is like, yo, these fucking lemon candies that I'm eating, they are way more interesting than whatever you're saying to me. And so then Catwoman is sort of like relentless in her quest to give the readers some backstory, and we find out that Mumblecore, no, sorry, uh, Voldemort. I'm already, I'm already confusing their names. Voldemort is the bad dude. Mumblecore is the dude uh, with the beard, the tucked-in beard. Um, and I guess Voldemort killed the Dursleys' sister and the Dursleys' sister's husband for some reason, Mrs. Dursley. Uh, so that would be Harry Potter's mom and dad. And then I guess he tried to kill Harry. Um, but, uh, but he failed, because he's, he's, I don't know, he's, I, it, it's, it's, it is made to seem like he failed for some sort of spiritual or, like, I don't know, weirdly religious reason, but it's, it, it could also be just, like, he didn't want to kill a kid, I don't know, and then, it, or he realized, like, Yo, I just killed this dude's mom and dad, and now I'm gonna kill him. Like, what am I doing with my life? And then he's like, I, I can't do this. And he left. But Catwoman is like, yeah, it's crazy that he couldn't kill some dumb kid because he's literally Hitler. And uh, Mumblecore is like, yeah, he is. And then Catwoman is like, you know, Voldemort is pretty cool, but I bet you're even cooler, Mumblecore. And I bet you're better than he is, and I bet your dick is bigger. And Mumblecore is like, you're not wrong. And then Mumblecore pulls out, like, the world's most pretentious watch and is, like, you know, it's, like, the most, it's, like, this, like, crazy hipster watch with, like, planets or something. And he's, like, well, fuck off, cat. I'm gonna let Harry stay with these dorks with their weird necks. And then they both talk about how important Harry Potter is. And then literally a deus ex machina in the very first chapter comes in it's literally fucking gregor clegane from game of thrones shows up on a fucking motorcycle like he's some fucking extra from the mad max fury road movie and uh he's like carrying harry potter uh like who's a little bundle of of innocence and uh it's very it's very like the religious sort of tropes are just like you know it's like, this is Jesus. I got Jesus. And so, and then Gregor immediately starts in on some racist shit again. And he's like, fucking muggles. Fuck muggles. I don't, I don't know why everybody hates muggles. What the fuck is going on there? Um, and so then they look at Harry's forehead and he has like this weird, like, you know, Charles Manson style scar. But it's of a lightning bolt. 
and so it's like the author is kind of like hitting us over the head like hey this kid's important as fuck this is harry fucking potter and he has a lightning bolt on his head and so we're gonna leave him with these random cartoonishly evil no-necked people for a little bit and then mumblecore is like yo i have a tattoo of a map of london on my thigh and the Catwoman is like that is way too much information bro and uh hagrid the gregor clegane dude is like that's cool i have a butterfly on my lower back um pretty sure that's what happened and then they all drop harry off on the doorstep and so then it we come to find out that the name of the chapter the boy who lived is referring to the fact that harry's entire family was mercilessly slaughtered by some asshole named voldemort who didn't kill harry for some reason or couldn't kill harry which led him to retreat and all the wizards decided to celebrate in the streets and one of them hugged a shitty drill uh, manager drill manufacturing manager named dursley and harry potter is very important and there's this whole sort of like chosen one mythos thing that's i don't know i'm already kind of like i'm a little skeptical of it i i'm reminded of there's this there's this scene in uh the book slaughterhouse five where i think it's kilgore trout probably kilgore trout is talking about how the bible got the narrative story wrong because it sort of mimetically didn't adhere to its own teachings and its own teachings are this you know this idea of like unto the least of these you know you you do that unto me kind of thing right like look to the bottom and and yet our hero our 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 sacrificial lamb our chosen one is a guy that's literally like born of a virgin and god and then these three kings come and it's all like this big big to do and it's really weird because according to kilgore trout he's like what you should have done is just like make jesus like a fucking no one that no one cares about and that no one's ever heard of and then when the romans crucify him be like you know then have god be all pissed off because that would make it make a lot more sense that would be a lot more demonstrative of the importance of a sort of egalitarian view of, of society whereas here well, you already know that this dude's really important, so when the Romans crucify him, it's like, well, of course God's going to get pissed and, you know, and be all righteously angry. That was, like, an important dude. And so we're already setting up this sort of uh, individualist mythos of almost sort of like Calvinist, uh, like, you know, pre preordained as a, uh, a dude that, that we should care about. Whereas, you know, all these fucking muggles are, uh, are not that. They're just people that we don't care about. And, and we'll see. I don't know. I have, I've only read the first chapter. But it, it looks to be something that is going to reinforce a sort of individualist great man myth. Hopefully not. Hopefully it figures out a way to subvert it. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. And that's all.